season three. I think it's episode ten. Good morning. My name is Ian. I'm going to read to you after prayer. God, thank you. Endless gratitude we have for your mercy and grace. At all times, we seek your face. Help us to be focused on your goodness. And help us go fishing. Help us to see opportunities to be light and salt. And also help us go fishing without even having to pay one penny. God, give my children grace for each other. Give them endless forgiveness. And a mind that says, I think you're innocent before I think you're guilty of a wrong. In the name of Jesus, I pray healing over my throat. Amen. Amen. That it would not develop into some kind of sickness. Amen. We cancel sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I pray for people across the world that want to be with you, but cannot because of their government or because of their ethnicity or because of their place they were born. God, while we're in this region of the world, give us opportunities to minister. We love you. Psalm 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. That's possessive eagles, not plural eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Micah, that was a good opportunity for you to exercise mercy and grace. How many times should you forgive your brother? About 18. And how many times do you? How many times do you forgive your brother? And how instantly are those forgivenesses given? Let us all work to be instant forgivers. 
For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone, as though we had never been there. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant. Amen. Of those who obey his commandments. Mm -hmm. Exclamation point. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. You had accessed the next one. Where was it? Uh, should I look here somewhere? Matthew 25? Matthew 25. Math, you see, is what we shall learn later. I can sit at the table. Here, while you guys are waiting, this is so good. Oh, it's got hairs on it. Parable of the Ten Bridesmaids. These letters are read, everyone. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming! Come out and meet him! Well, the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps have gone, have gone out. But the others replied, We don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourself. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready to meet, excuse me, ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Parable of the Three Servants. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave the five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver went to invest the money and earned five more. What's five plus five? Ten. Ten bags of silver he had. 
The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. What's two plus two? Four bags of silver he had. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called to them, giving, asking them to give an account of the, how they'd used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were harsh, a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if I knew... If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have earned some interest. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Mm -hmm. Now throw that useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing Hi, of Mama. teeth. Micah, I want you to explain in ways we can understand what that parable was about. I take your silence as uh, as you don't know. You don't know. So, let's think about three people. Each of them claim that they love God. Each of them claim that they want to do His will. One of them says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to work. And I'm going to put aside 10% of my money. And I'm going to give that money to charities that serve widows and orphans. Mm -hmm. Does everybody remember what a widow is? Or divorced. No, it could it could be a, a wife that a uh, husband that lost a wife also. Usually we call them widowers. Well, yeah, I suppose. That's the difference. A man who's lost his wife is a widower, and a man a woman who's lost her husband is a widow. What is an orphan? Yes, a child, a parentless child, right? And so Jesus, the I, I, reason why I said those two things is because Jesus made a point to talk about what is an orphan's. He, lot, he, right? had, uh, he had them close to his heart. Yeah. And so imagine that this one said, I'm going to use my money, my extra money, to help widows and orphans. The next one says, 
I'm going to use my extra money to help uh, people who are hungry. I'm going to make sure that they get fed. But the last one said, you know, Jesus, I love you. Uh, but I, you know, I feel like that's enough. I feel like just saying that I love you is all that you require of me. And so they kept all their money. Yeah. The one who holds it closely to his chest is likely to see it slip from his fingers. Mm -hmm. Whereas the one who opens his hands to help those in need will watch abundance fall into his lap. Um, I think that... I'm not talking about this for the spiritual world, but if you hold something out, you're more likely to drop it. That's the point. The point is, Micah, actually the opposite, I think, of what you said. If you grasp something tightly, you'll watch it squeeze out of your fingers without any control. If you if you keep your fist shut, how can God put any more in your hand? That's a good analogy. And so that's what's going on here. These people have made the choice to go out and use that which God has given him. And it's not always money. It's not always bags of silver. Sometimes it's... Uh, the ability to play music or the ability to speak in public or all these different things. And if you choose to do those things to serve him, then you will see him bless you in ways you would not have expected. But if you don't, if you say, I have these talents, but I'm not going to use them for him. I'm merely going to go to church and then go home and live my life. Then... Uh, you, like mommy said, you hold your fist tight and you're unable to receive from him because of your choice. Um, I cannot give you pepper. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Hey. The final judgment. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the peoples as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right. Oh, don't put it back up. Go, sit, go back and sit down, please. I wish you hadn't weaseled your way out. Look, I can't read now. You, you changed it. Just imagine if you'd been sitting in your seat, it wouldn't have changed. Right here. Go, go tell daddy. Sorry. Sorry, daddy. Can spot. you please forgive me? Yes. Luke, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For when I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And the righteous ones will say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you to, give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison or vi and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it for one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. Amen. Then the king will return. The king will turn to those to the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, 
Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of my brothers and sisters, you you were refusing to help me. And they will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. So I think Jesus did a great job of illustrating, even in his own words, what he meant by uh, being given talent or being given money. And whether or not you used it wisely or kept it to yourself. Right. All these people who walked past the hungry, walked past the sick. No, there's no possible way you're listening to me, Micah. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Luke, sit and buckle. Three, two, hope, sit and buckle. One. No. Okay. Mama, she's right. Can I have more bacon, please? Can I have more little bit? I don't care. No more bacon. Sit down. Ah! Just remember, Hope, if you stay seated, you wouldn't need to be buckled. Because you don't stay seated. Sit down, Loki. Go back. Three. Two. Loki, you want... Fine. Okay, you want One. To... Uh, nope, don't eat his bacon. Thank you. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Sit and buckle. Thank you. It's funny to think that soon we'll be able to use that thing that hangs off the table. What? Right. Yeah, I don't know. What age? I guess when he can begin holding his head up by himself. He's kind of screwing out. Ezekiel 16. Ezekiel 16. Jerusalem, an unfaithful wife. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, confront Jerusalem with her detestable sins. Give her this message from the sovereign Lord. You are nothing but a Canaanite. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. On the day you were born, no one cared for you. Your umbilical cord was not cut and you were never washed, rubbed with salt, and wrapped in cloth. cloth. No one had the slightest interest in you. No one pitied you or cared for you. On the day you were born, you were unwanted, dumped in a field, and left to die. But I came by, and I saw you there, helplessly kicking about in your own blood. As you lay there, I said, Live! And I helped you to thrive like a plant in the field. You grew up and became a beautiful jewel. Your breasts became full, and your body grew hair. <coughs> But you were still naked. And then I passed again, passed by again, and I saw you were old enough for love. So I wrapped my cloak around you to cover your nakedness and declared my marriage vows. I made a covenant with you, says the Sovereign Lord, and, be- and you became mine. You can stop. 
Then I bathed you and washed off your blood, and I rubbed fragrant oils into your skin. I gave you expensive clothes of fine linen and silk, beautifully embroidered. So you're going to take my bacon? Is that what you're doing, Micah? Stand up. Unbuckle, stand up. Mainly it's so you obey. Do I need to yell? Turn around. This is because you asked mommy why you needed to listen to her. This is why. Turn around. You owe me an apology. Sorry, Mommy, can you believe it, Jamie? Yes, I can. Don't break the water. Every time I see my seat is broken. Hmm? My seat is broken for some reason. I don't know why. It's not broken. It's all, it's twisted on the bottom, and I can't untwist it. Like, whenever I try to untwist it, the buckle goes on the inside. What's wrong with your mouth? Uh, did my tongue. Oh, that's thanks. At the playground, at the Yesterday. Oh. Go ahead, buckle again. No time. Way too sensitive. Yeah, you do it slowly. Pull it across slowly. It's way too sensitive. That's the safety mechanism. I gave you lovely jewelry, bracelets, beautiful necklaces, a ring for your nose, earrings for your ears, and a lovely crown for your head. So you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were made of fine linen and costly fabric and were beautifully embroidered. You ate the finest foods, choice flour, honey, and olive oil, and became more beautiful than ever. You looked like a queen, and so you were. Your fame soon spread throughout the world because of your beauty. I dressed you in my splendor and perfected your beauty, says the Sovereign Lord. But you thought your fame and beauty were your own. So you gave yourself as a prostitute to every man who came along. Your beauty was theirs for the, for the asking. You used the lovely things I gave you to make shrines for, your, for idols. Or you played the prostitute. Unbelievable. How could such a thing ever happen? You took the very jewels and gold and silver ornaments I, I had given you and made statues of men and worshipped them. This is adultery against me. You used the beautifully embroidered clothes I gave to dress your idols. Then you used my special oil and my incense to worship them. Imagine it. You set before them as a sacrifice the choice flower, oil, and honey I gave you, says the Sovereign Lord. Then you took your sons and daughters, the children you had, you had born to me, and sacrificed them to your gods. Was, it, was your prostitution not enough? Must you slaughter my children by sacrificing them to idols? In all your years of adultery and detestable sin, you have not once remembered the days long ago when you laid naked in a field, kicking about in your own blood. What sorrow awaits you, says the Sovereign Lord. In addition to all your wickedness, you built a pagan shrine and put altars to idols in every town square. On every street corner, you defiled your beauty, offering your body to every passerby to an, in an endless stream. 
of prostitution. Then you added lustful ease to your lover, lovers, provoking my anger with your increasing promiscuity. That's a good word, huh? Promiscuity. That is why I struck you with my fist and reduced your boundaries. I handed you over to your enemies, the Philistines, and even they were shocked by your lewd conduct. You have prostituted yourself with, with the Assyrians too. It seems you can never find enough new lovers. And after your prostitution there, you will not. You still were not satisfied. You added to your lovers by embracing Babylonia, that land of merchants, but you still weren't satisfied. Yes, Cade? Excuse me. Yes, Luke? You have a question? Go ahead. Okay, thanks for your comment. What a sick heart you have, says, says the Sovereign Lord, to do such, th such things as these, acting like a shameless prostitute. Micah, you're reading another book? How could you listen to me and read the book at the same time? No, listener, listener. Okay. Cade, you're gloating? How could you gloat when you haven't dealt with your own sin? Gloating without the walk? I can't. <laughs> That was a good, honest answer, Michael. Thank you, Pig. Thanks. This is a long chapter. Apologize to Daddy. We're almost done. Yes, you are an adulterous wife who takes in strangers instead of her own husband. Prostitutes charge for their services, but not you. You give gifts to your lovers, bribing them to come and have sex with you. So you are the opposite of, the, of other prostitutes. You pay your lovers instead of they're paying you. Judgment on Jerusalem's prostitution. Therefore, you prostitute, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Everyone, I'd like to give some context. Remember, God is unhappy that Israel keeps going away from him. Coming back, going away from him. Coming back, going away from him. Right, Hope? They won't stay true to God. And so he's talking to them about how he sees their behavior. Okay? Nation. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you have poured out your lust and exposed yourself. And because you have worshipped detestable idols. And because you have slaughtered your children as sacrifices to your gods. This is what I'm going to do. I will gather together all your allies. The lovers with whom you have sinned both those you loved and those you hated, and I will strip you naked in front of them so they can stare at you. I will punish you for your murder and adultery. I will cover you with blood in jealous fury. Then I will give you to these many nations who are your lovers, and they will destroy you. They will knock down your pagan shrines and the altars of to your idols. They will strip you and take your beautiful jewelry jewels, leaving you stark naked. They will band together in a mob to stone you and cut you up with swords. They will burn your homes and punish you in front of many women. I will stop your prostitution and end your payments to your many lovers. Then at last my fury against you will be spent and my jealous anger will subside. I will be calm and will not be angry with you anymore. But first, because you have not remembered your, your youth, but have angered me by doing all these evil things. I can't talk over you. Stop. Shh. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. 
Be quiet. No. Be quiet. Be quiet. No. Yeah, you can do it. Three minutes. No. Luke, Luke, three minutes. Three minutes. I want you to count to 180. Ready, set, go. No. Um. I can do that. Want me to do it? In your head. Everyone who makes up Proverbs will save you like mother, like daughter. Your mother loathed her husband and her children, and so do you. And you are exactly like your sisters, for they despise their husbands and their children. Truly, your mother was a Hittite and your father an Amorite. Your older sister was Samaria, who lived with your daughters in the north. Your younger sister was Sodom, who lived with her daughters in the south. But you have not merely sinned as they did. You quickly surpassed them in corruption. As surely as I live... Says the Sovereign Lord, Sodom and her daughters were never as wicked as you and your daughters. Sodom's sin, sins were pride, gluttony, and laziness, while the poor and needy suffered outside her door. She was proud and committed detestable sins. So I wiped her out, as you have seen. Even Samaria did not commit half your sins. You have done far more detestable things than your sisters ever did. They seem righteous compared to you. Shame on you. Your sins are so terrible that you make your sisters seem righteous, even virtuous. But someday I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and Samaria, and I will restore you too. Then you will be truly ashamed of everything you've done, for your sins make them feel good in comparison. Yes, your sisters, Sodom and Samaria, and all their people will be restored. And at that time, you also will be restored. In your proud days, you held Sodom in contempt. But now, your greater wickedness has been exposed to all the world, and you are the one who is scorned by Edom and all her neighbors and by Philistia. This is your punishment for all your lewdness and detestable sins, says the Lord. Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will give you what you deserve. For you have taken your solemn vows lightly by breaking your covenant. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you when you were young, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Then you will remember with shame all the evil you've done, and I will make your sisters, Samaria and Sodom, to be your daughters, even though they were not part of our covenant. And I will reaffirm my covenant with you, and you will know that I am the Lord. You will, rem I will, you will remember your sins and cover your mouth in silent shame when I forgive you, of all that you have done, I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. I think this whole chapter sounds like God saying, of all the peoples in the world, Israel, I choose you. Yet they kept going away from him over and over again. And then he says, look at these people around you. Eventually, I'm going to reconcile them to me, just like I'm going to reconcile you. How did they do it? How did God do this? No, Ezekiel's writing about what will happen. Oh. Um. Mercy? There's Hello? a very specific Hello? thing God did in order to take both Israel back to himself and Sodom and Samaria and everybody else in the world. Seriously? Forgive. Through whom? Jesus. Yes. Why? Ah! Jesus is the way that God 
brings back Philistia, brings back Edom, brings back Samaria and Sodom. Do you remember what happened in Sodom? Yep, they were smacking people with fish. Smacking people with fish, and eventually they got burned up by fire from the sky. Just kidding, that was Nineveh. That is a crazy way to die, don't you think? Yeah. And God, God is saying here, I hope you're dripping that onto your seat. Can you hold it over your plate if it's going to drip, please? It'll help me have less to clean later. I really appreciate your help. Anyways, this is Ezekiel using his mouth as a megaphone for God. Now I'm supposed to go to Proverbs. Pick a memory verse. Pick a memory verse in Proverbs. Chapter 3. Okay, let's see if they know Proverbs 2011. Okay, Kate, stand up. I don't care what you think after the fact. You need to understand how to control your mouth. And you haven't yet, so I'm going to teach you. Stand up. the window. Okay. The tongue is a restless evil, says James. Quick to do evil. If you can't control it, that's a good way to start. Never use your mouth if you don't know how to control it. Now that's impossible, right? And that's why God has infinite wisdom, infinite grace and mercy for us because we don't know how to control our mouths. Yeah. Proverbs says that even a fool seems wise when he doesn't speak. Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure and whether it is right. That's the one we just read. So now I'm going to go to chapter 3. Are you recording? Verse. Yeah, you're recording. 21. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. For they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe and on your way. And your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You can lie down and sleep soundly. You do not need to be afraid of sudden disaster or the, or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. I think this should be it. The Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. All right. The, the Lord, Lord is your security. security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. The, your, mm-hmm. the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. The Lord is your security. The Lord is your security. Say it. I don't want one of those It's pride in your heart that keeps you from speaking this hope. If you say it out loud, you'll be slaying your pride. You'll be killing it dead on the ground. You'll be the winner. Ready? The Lord is your security. The Lord is your security. The Lord is your security. They will keep your foot. They will say it, Hope. Your turn. Um, The Lord Lord is your security. security. He will keep your foot. The Lord. Lord. Hope, oh, stop making excuses. Say it. The Lord, the Lord is your, is your security. security. 
is your security. Is your security. He will keep. He will keep. He will keep. Your foot. Your foot. In your foot. From being caught. I'm being caught in a trap. In a trap. In a trap. Proverbs 3.26 Proverbs 3.26